Before I get started, I would like to issue this disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional. I am an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I am sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mind If We Chat. I am your host, Sarah. If you're a new listener here, thank you for joining the podcast. If you are a continued listener, thank you for listening in and supporting Mind If We Chat, uh, powered by South by Southeast. So today... I wanted to have Sarah Maria. She has been a former guest. I wanted to have her come on because she is having an event uh, with youth. She partnered with Youth Advocacy to have this event to uh, raise awareness on domestic violence. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for inviting me once again. Oh, you're so excited. <laughs> you know, it's always like I always love having a, you know familiar guest on here because mm-hmm. I feel like when you can come back on here and you know people like having you out here and you can come mm-hmm. back on here and talk about new things and different things you're doing like yeah. that's what, that's what it's all about thank you <laughs> yeah so Sarah you are having an event coming up mm-hmm. here in January with uh, and you partnered with youth advocacy can you tell our listeners a little bit about your events so this is going to be a series of community conversation about domestic violence and we're going to have a three-day series. Um, the first will be January 25th. We're going to have Spanish and English. So um, Spanish is going to be at 1230 to 2. And then English will be 5 p.m. to 630. So it's going to be three series, January 25th, February 1st, and February 8th. And the eighth one, we're going to have all those people from other organizations like Metropolitan, ANU, Mujeres Latina en Acción, um, and also Cook County Sheriff, Tosila Diosa, she's going to be helping us uh, with the kids at the event, um, doing the art and craft and some refreshment when the parents in the afternoon, they don't have a childcare. Mm-hmm. At least she's going to be interacting with the kids while they're taking the the series with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I see that you this this is a three-day event and each day you guys have different topics lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit why you guys decided to do, you know, cause domestic violence is pretty broad, yeah. but, um, tell us why you guys decided to break it up this way. We decided to break it down this way because it is a long PowerPoint mm-hmm. and, and we wanted to bring awareness and it was sometimes people want to share their stories. Mm-hmm. And for example, like I have a lot of situations that I'm like, I want to express myself that I, I like to connect with the public. It's just not me just talking the presentation. I want to interact with you, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody uh, about their situation and find resources for them too. Right. And um, yeah, I definitely got some trainings by um, the Network Advocate Against Domestic Violence. Uh, I took the 40 hours training and it is very broad. <laughs> if I took a 40 hours training, that means this series had to be a long one because yeah. I want to give you some red flags and you know I even was surprised that when I was in that workshop I was like okay I thought I thought was normal 
but it wasn't normal. So taking this series, you're gonna be is eye opening. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the topics, um, and we can kind of go over some of those topics. Like your day one, you have domestic violence dynamics, the cycle of violence, red flags, warning signs, and covering healthy relationship behaviors such as boundaries and consent. Just reading that alone, I'm like, um, I need to find time to attend day one because I mean, like, these are really good you know, things, because you're not only talking about the, the hard parts, right? Mm-hmm. You're also talking about, so what does it actually look like to be in a healthy relationship? And I think that's really important, yeah. especially, you know, in our community. And I really like how you guys are doing this bilingual. You guys yeah. broke it down to be one in Spanish, one in English. How important is that to have that to our community? Yeah, I think it's very important because I'm a parent advocate too in the community. I went to all the schools already. In majority, we have Spanish speakers, mm-hmm. and they, I want them to feel welcome. You know, like okay, we do have workshop for you guys. You know, um, majority of organization don't have bilingual. Thank God now I'm seeing more bilingual, and I want them to see those organizations. Hey, we have bilingual um, counseling and all that stuff. Professionals who want to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to be a victim currently. It could be your childhood trauma. You, you need, like for me, for example, like I'm taking counseling right now um, at Safe Haven. And and it's very helpful for me because I can connect with other ladies and guys. And, you know, like I have PTSD, I had depression. And, and growing up as a child, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, like, you know, because my mom and my parent, my both parents are hard hearing. I have nobody to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And because I was exposed sexually as a young child, three, four, and five, that's why I got pregnant very young at 14. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And like, and I want to talk with professionals, how I feel and all that stuff. And, you know, you had to find the triggers, how to control yourself and everything, you know, um, it's very, it's okay to talk about it and find help, professional help. We don't talk enough about the after effects of domestic violence, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to educate people, but I think it's important too, to talk about the after effects and how it affects the people who witness domestic violence, right? Is there are some lingering effects. Um, I had a family member who experienced domestic violence and she, you know, she has PTSD and I almost sometimes wonder um, if it kind of triggered her bipolar, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because she 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 always had signs of bipolar mm-hmm. but it was almost like after the all the abuse you know it seemed like you definitely could see the signs of bipolar more and um i know for her she definitely has ptsd and even me sometimes i feel like witnessing some of those things mm-hmm. i notice myself kind of like flinch when i see people arguing like yeah. arguing makes me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and um i mean i don't like confrontation but when i see people arguing i, I just like am very hyper vigilant if I see a hand go up, I'm like, okay, I need to protect you. Like, no, don't do that. You know? So it definitely, it uh, affects people who witnesses it, witness it as well. You don't necessarily need to be a part of it. And so imagine growing up in a household in this, you know, it mm-hmm. really has an effect on yeah. the family. I witnessed my mom and my dad went domestic violence mm-hmm. and drug involved, sexual abuse was involved, economic ab- abuse involved. And thank God my grandparents, it was like, okay, we need to pick up my, my daughter and my granddaughter and we flee to Puerto Rico. And it didn't prove, I'm not going to lie, but me over the years 
feeling like, you know, depression is getting bigger. And I'm just like, I have everything. I have mm-hmm. a home. I have a family. Everything was okay. But why this dark cloud in my head until I find professional help again, you know, psychiatrist and everything. And I find out I had bipolar mm-hmm. because all that stuff that happened in my past. And, you know, I really don't want to be diagnosed, but definitely it, it helped me a lot you know, understanding my, you know, my traumas and everything and how to overcome those trauma and control myself, you know? Yeah. And as you're saying that, uh, recently in therapy, um, I was talking to my therapist about an event that happened to me, um, where I felt like I wasn't in control, like, Mm -hmm. and I became very dysregulated in this event. And I, I I told her, I I said, I was so angry. It didn't even feel like I was in my body anymore. Mm -hmm. She goes, Sarah, you had a trauma trigger. Like you were triggered by your trauma, which made you had this trauma response. Why you reacted the way you acted. Because mm-hmm. I said, I didn't even feel like I was in my mind. Like I didn't feel like I was in my body. I just reacted. Yeah. And so now I have something new to explore in therapy, which it's not funny. But to me, I have to keep a like a sense of a little bit of yeah. a sense of humor about it because it's like I've been working so hard on myself and to like react in such a way where I'm dysregulated and yeah it's you know and it's especially like patterns of what you observe when you're younger you do carry those patterns of behavior um my mom would get so angry and throw stuff at my dad she I remember mm-hmm. she broke a guitar before like mm-hmm. yeah I'm not realizing that's mm-hmm. domestic violence like you know she broke a guitar because she was then she broke it and she hit him with it mm-hmm. and it's just like she laughed about it mm-hmm. you know and it's like and and that's the thing too like women can be the abusers too mm-hmm. you know it's domestic violence doesn't just go to one gender um, so that's also important to kind of note there because anybody can be an abuser and it just doesn't, it's not physical. Right. So mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about that, Sarah, what types of, um, you know, domestic violence are there? Cause it's not always physical. Yeah. It's a lot of them. So one is physical abuse, mm-hmm. emotional abuse, sexual abuse, economic abuse. I see a lot. For example, I'm going to give you a scenario. Um, I have a friend finish her associate being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And finally I'm like, now I can't work. Well, my husband doesn't want me to work because they will take away my insurance and everything. And I'm like, well, insurance, they will provide you at work. Believe me. No, he's told me this. And I'm like, "Mm, he don't want you to spread your wings because he fear. I can tell he fear that she finds someone else. Mm. educated and he's you know taking that power away from her you know you know she having her power you know like i don't need you you know guys have that fear and also the other one is the verbal abuse that everybody doubts and then the spiritual abuse like for example um that's what i see a lot in the community like um oh you go to the church um they just manipulating you they just want to take my 10 percent, and you know and you want to go to church and I want to stay home. And I would say, hey, you need to support your wife if she want to go to the church. Right. Same as she support you to see the soccer game or the football, whatever. It had to be mutual. Mm-hmm. You had to support each other. Um, it come to a point if you don't want to support her, let her go still. But right. Some people, they like, no, you're staying home. You know, I don't want to babysit your son if you go to the church. It come to that point. I've seen it too. Mm-hmm. So it can be a various, yeah. 
Yeah. And I want to go back to uh, verbal abuse mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the times we overlook and just say, oh, well, I wasn't really, I didn't really mean that. I was just talking shit. Like, I, I hate to say it like that, but that's what a lot of people think, especially like, you know, in our generation, it's like, no, I was just saying that. I didn't mean that. But it's like, no, like if you're saying things in a harmful way mm-hmm. to someone to hurt them, that's, that's verbal abuse, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the thing is we grow up hearing these things. Well, my mom used to say like, I'm going to hit you with a chancla or like, you're stupid mm-hmm. or like, you're mm-hmm. nothing, you're worthless. That's verbal abuse, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times it gets just taken as, well, that's how they just spoke to me. Or that's, you know, without recognizing that that's verbal abuse. So I think, you know, in spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. if you're being withheld from, if you're being withheld from going and, you know, worshiping what you want to worship, practice what you want to practice, that is Use. Mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing that up i thank think you. you guys are going to have a lot of really good topics because as i look at day two uh day two also looks really um impactful the long-term effects of domestic violence and children survivor mental health and substance abuse um talk about a little bit about the substance abuse portion that you guys put in there because i think that's important too especially in yeah our- first um i notice uh for example like alcohol smoking a lot like weed like you basically you just don't want to talk about it and you're killing the pain slowly mm-hmm. and also i see ladies that they're taking painkillers and with codeine and you're killing yourself slowly and it's something that you're suppressing it um and your your trauma and they don't realize they are like oh that's in the past and i'm over it but i'm seeing you're drinking every day or smoking every day it's like i'm not saying to stop smoking or anything i'm just saying look was like was once a week once a month but it's come to everyday thing something going on mentally spiritually mm-hmm. inside of you you know like you need to find help professional help and talk to it um i know a lot of people who go get help therapy and they never talk about the sexual abuse or the mental abuse or economic abuse they just like oh I, i'm okay right now Everything is perfect, but in your past, is something that trigger you that you're you don't even realize it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important when you talk about the survivor mental health and things, because you see, like, like again, like I had talked about my family member who now has PTSD, and then you wonder if it kind of triggered some bipolar. Well, triggered her bipolar, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, let me reward that. I wonder, you know her mental would how would the outcome of her mental health be had she not experienced the abuse that she experienced would it have came out later mm-hmm. in life what what usually kind of come things? in 30s mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like a smack in the face you'd be like because in 20s i noticed people were like normal mm-hmm. but when they hit the 30s like you get them very mature and then you start thinking more about your past mm-hmm. so that's what I notice a lot of people I'm hanging around with, even me, when I hit my 30s, I'll be like, oh my God, like, I still doubt with this, like, and especially with kids, like, um, for example, like, the system of having the kids, I'm going to give some feel. Okay. So, for teenager, what is the system, like, they experience sexual abuse or see their parents arguing, that kind of stuff. Um, sexually active, drug use, running away from home, 
it's a lot of cases. How many times we see on Facebook kids are running away from yeah. home, um, being violent, becoming a victim. And unfortunately, I don't want to say it, but some my kid is, in a way, becoming like a victim because she experienced a lot in my first relationship because I dealt with the domestic the teenager. I was 15, he was, and we, we went domestic violence. And thank God the police was came over and he was like, Sarah, you need a better life than this. This relationship is not positive. And I put my barrier, like my boundaries. I'm not going to let anyone touch me, hurt me, or mentally abuse me this way. Mm-hmm. And um, it does affect my kid in a way because she don't have a logical father. Now I have a husband, but it's not her is a logical father, but he raised her at two and above, but mm-hmm. still affect her. Yeah. You know, and sometimes kids will run away at home. My kids... Everybody knows in the community my kid ran away at home. She got pregnant. Um, right now is like the victim mentality. And if that person don't want to get help and tell the truth, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of the healing. It's okay to find help and say the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, playing the victim is is playing the victim is not a part of the healing. Is telling your truth is very different than playing the victim and telling your truth. Um, it's okay to get help. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I think on any level, it's okay to get help because it's the only way you're going to actually heal. Yeah. Then what's going to happen is you're just going to carry that pain around and yeah. you know hurt other people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what are some other areas when you talk about effects of um domestic violence that you? Because it's not just teenagers, right? It goes all, uh, all yeah, the way. Toddlers, so families, like mm-hmm. toddlers, like behavior outbursts, eighty. ADD system, speech disorder. I suffered speech disorder. Uh, bed uh, wetting, mm-hmm. headache, upset stomach, attached disorder, and sleep issues. And then infant is failure, thrive, sleep deprivation, attached issues, mm. injuries, behavior disorder, and eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. And to touch on that a little bit, what I've learned so far in my courses. Is that especially with kids because they can't say, hey, hey, I'm feeling anxious today, mom. Like, you know, they don't have the language, the Mm -hmm. verbiage. You often see that in their development and you often see that their symptoms manifest physically. Mm -hmm. My stomach hurts. I have a headache. I don't feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. that could be I'm very anxious right now. I'm very dysregulated in my body. I'm not comfortable. You know, yeah. like I have a headache, those, those type of things. So that's definitely, um, a lot of what we've talked about in these courses when, you know, cause I'm going for the school counseling. So that mm-hmm. part we've talked about with kids, you're going to get a lot of kids whose symptoms are physical. They're those somatic symptoms. They're not going to be, you know, cause they can't verbalize how they feel. And also like when they're going up when they're, you know, they're eight and nine, 10 teenagers, they experience a lot of like verbal abuse at school. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, that's what I'm, we're seeing. Um, high call bullying. Mm-hmm. That's why they're having stomach pain, headache, and they stress. Yeah. They stress. Yeah. And it's definitely sad to see, you know, and um, that's why I like my son's school. I really like that. They are trying to really uh, teach them their emotions, like Mm -hmm. how they feel. And what I really like is they're teaching them how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, there's a kid who um, 
He's a little bit bigger than my son. My son's a little guy. <laughs> he's a little bit bigger, but he he's in his space. And my son gets very, you know, tense and mm-hmm. timid and he's very uncomfortable. So with the teachers, like guidance, we've kind of been teaching him to say, I don't like that. Please stop. You know, so even I've let him do like he bites at the bottom of my shirt. So mm-hmm. I say, Sergio, I don't like that. Please stop. And I'm very assertive in the way that he knows I'm setting a boundary. Stop. Mm-hmm. So he has. So I just heard today, actually, that mm-hmm. he was able to he's been able to talk about his emotions a little more. And when mm-hmm. he doesn't like something, he's been able to say, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. I think that's the hard piece, though, because culturally and, you know, just the way our generation, oh, that's not, that's disrespectful. No, he doesn't like that. It's okay for him to set a boundary. If he doesn't want to hug you, he doesn't have to hug you. If he, if he doesn't like what you're saying to him, he's allowed to say that he doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. If you're making him feel uncomfortable, he's allowed to express that. Yeah. You know, so I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> I, I understand him because I, as a child, believe it or not, I was speech delay. I didn't, I was very... I just look at the person. I will not talk. I will not hug. I'm my own cocoon. I was so nervous, you know, um, until I start talking very much when I was 10. It took years and therapy and all that stuff and setting boundaries. Like mm-hmm. teacher woke me up like, what is your boundaries? Yeah. You know, we need to support the teacher. Teachers are our second parent. Yeah. And Sarah, I want to ask you now, you know, having therapies and things like that and looking back on it because i heard and earlier you had mentioned about experiencing abuse at three four or five years old do you think that had a lot to do with like the your speech delay do you think that had a lot to do with your demeanor you know yeah. being you know talk to us a little bit about that if you can if yeah, you yeah, want yeah. whatever yeah, you're comfortable okay. with okay <laughs> me growing up with my parents being disabled and also witness sexual abuse physical abuse and my dad was not now, but before he was abusing drugs and take away my my mom's social security because she used, used to receive um, SSI. He would take away the money. And I, as a child, I saw all that stuff. People were like, how you know? You were three, four. Believe me, kids know. Mm-hmm. Because it's traumatic. Yeah. It was traumatic. And like currently, like my, my husband was like, remember this day? I don't remember. But that... It was a trigger. Like, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to align myself. Like, that's my trigger. And my family knows it. Like, you know, sometimes people now, like, oh, Sarah is very strong personality. That's my background. That's why. I'm very, very guarded. And I pick up energy. I'm very sensitive, you know? Yeah. Um, but taking therapy, I started taking therapy when I was 14 I, because I start, I tried to commit suicide in Puerto Rico. They put me in Atorrey in Puerto Rico. And the psychiatrist, she was super amazing. She just like, I want you to draw because I didn't want to talk. I was super shy. And that's why I did the crystal sound, had, uh, sound bath healing with the, the drawing mm-hmm. because people don't like to talk about it. They want to draw mm-hmm. so i took it from that experience and i was like i want to be her like i just drew it and she, i can tell she is very gifted and she knew about my drawing and it that's therapeutic if mm-hmm. the kid is not experienced to talk and now a lot of kids are not talking because it's very sensitive they see a lot of things 
Um, my friend kids doesn't even talk, you know, like is a reason we cross a path that you understand my path. Yeah. And then um, when you kid it grow up, he will talk. Don't worry. But right now it's, it's okay to take speech um, therapy, get some therapy, professional help. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But, you know, with our color community, they just don't want to go. Oh, they don't want to tag our kid as uh, with IP, diverse learner. They don't want to deal with that. I'm telling you to take help right now. When they grow up as a teenager, they don't have struggles. They already have experienced skills and improve that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to take IP. It's not full, full day IP. You can take two hours. I took math for IP and reading. Remember, I was born here in Chicago, but I was taken to Puerto Rico. I had to new, learn a new language, mm-hmm. English, sign language, and then Spanish. It was overwhelming for me. Yeah. So it's okay to get, you know, help, professional help, you know? Mm-hmm. And even even we when we bring that back to domestic violence, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the times survivors are afraid to leave because of the well-being of their children. Mm-hmm. They're afraid they don't want to, it's not that they don't want to leave the relationship because they're in love. It could be because of economic reasons, right? Yes, always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a place a to go, a shelter, you know, like housing and things like that, especially when children are involved and people say, Oh, well, I don't understand why you didn't leave. You have kids to think about. Yeah. And sometimes staying, you know, in, might be let, let me give you a scenario <laughs> yes thank you sarah because i'm getting tripped up like on <laughs> i have two scenarios a person who left and a person who stayed i'm gonna give you the person who stayed with this toxic relationship um this is my family member from my dad's side so i would say my grandmother she she came from honduras mm-hmm. without paper and she want to make a life here in in United States. She immig- she immigrated the fourth of July because they all the police officers not working. But they she cross over and she life. You know she in Tela Honduras. My grandfather was a principal, so they want to do a better life for my father because my father was hard hearing because they, they don't have anything help for my father. So they did it for a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when she came here, everything is running smoothly, but. Behind the scene, my my mother, my grandmother, family member noticed things about my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He's a good person. He's a the church and well known, but behind the scene, he have his darker side. He was abusing his daughters. Mm-hmm. So, and also he abused me. And so I confronted my grandmother, and like, why you didn't get out from that relationship? And she was like, well, we were immigrants and I have six kids, blah, blah, blah. And you think it's not easy. And then I give the other scenario about my other cousin that his his mom also immigrated from Honduras, had three kids with his, that's my grandfather, my aunt, sorry, my grandmother brother. It was a domestic violence also. And, but what she did as an immigrant, she knew that was domestic violence and economic everything. She would, what she did. She got out from that situation. She worked and sustained with their t- three kids. Mm-hmm. And right now they're successful. Like one of them is a, a registered nurse and the other one is a teacher. The other one is a, a retired um, veteran and he do, he's doing his own business. And 
And I see those two scenarios like like my grandmother didn't did a perfect decision, mm-hmm. but now I see my, how the effect my aunt is. She she's a drug addict. A lot of her kids detached with her, but again, I understand her because she have a traumatic experience and not getting as professional help. You know, I learned from those experience, and I always share those stories to other people. Now, I don't want to criticize my family, but this is a learning lesson for everybody. Like, you have the power to stay in that relationship, but remember, you're affecting your kid's life. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to, when you get older, you're going to be regretting it. You're going to mm-hmm. see them in a toxic world, and you're regretting it. And I know my grandmother's regretting it. And, like, I dream about her saying, I'm sorry. But, you know, the pain is there still. Yeah. And um, seeing my other cousins, um, they improve their life, you know. And you have the power to make a decision if you want to get help. You know, it's okay to get help. I got help. Um, You want to play the victim or you want to be a survivor? And I, I want to be playing a role, a survivor, and giving an example to my kids. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. And I got it out that negative uh, relationship, my first um, my first father of my kid. Mm-hmm. I got out from it. Um, the second relationship is not all perfect because we got in, in a second relationship as a teenager, too. I was 17. He was 16. But he's very mature. He's come from Honduras. Like he want to be a, have a family home and everything. And I'm like, he's a perfect candidate. Like, he wants to support me. I support him. You know, you have to make sure your partner is same level with you and growing together. You know, yeah. and finding counseling and all that stuff because it's always a relationship. Like I want to quit. No, it take both to tangle. You know, like, to dance and all that stuff. Like it take both. Mm-hmm. Um. Not blaming one another. It's just help each other, you know. Everybody had their bad days, um, you know. But be careful what you say. Be careful if you, t- you know, hitting them and everything in front of your kids because it's going to affect your kids. Oh, yeah, it definitely carries over. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so my family member was fairly young. The guy was a little bit older than her. And um, the first time they that I can't recall the first time she was hit, but I know that it went on for a long time. Then she she I asked too. I said, "Why why did you stay with him?" Mm. You know, like because she knew it was wrong. He stabbed mm-hmm. her. Oh my god! He stabbed her with a um, steak knife in her back, and mm. you know, a couple days later out of the hospital, she was right back with them. She wouldn't sign a protective order because she wanted. She was back on the phone calling him, got back with him, um, broke up with him, got back with him, had black eyes all the time. I mean, one time I remember she had a bite mark on her lip and her face. And when she retold the story, it was two different versions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's how we knew, okay, it was him. It was definitely him who did this to you. You know, one time I saw her, I had asked, hey, can you make me something to eat? She said, okay. Uh, he got very upset with her and took her head and smacked it against a headboard. Mm. And I remember just being very fearful and almost wanting to do something. And she she gave me the look like, sit, just sit, please don't do anything because I don't want him to hurt you kind oh of thing. Um, and then I just, I can remember um, she moved away with him to another state mm. and uh, she came back 
And when she came back, that was when, so the reason she came back was they said she tried a suicide attempt, but, um, she was very little. So we were wondering how could she even get up there to try to hang a rope to hang herself. And, you know, we really thought he tried to kill her. And it was there where she experienced the most abuse. He took a drum set, um, you know, the thing that you hit, yeah, the yeah. strong thing. Yeah, he took that and beat her with it in, the, in her that's, knee. That's hard. That's metal right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she always said her knee was messed up. And again, I said to her one day, why did you stay through all of that? You didn't have any kids with him. And you could out of fear for her own life, but mostly because he kept threatening. Question. Uh, she had trauma when she was a child, though? She well, she saw my mom. The things that my mom did. That's what it is. Because mm-hmm. it, for them, you, if we experience as a child, we normalize it, mm-hmm. and that's why we stay there. Mm-hmm. And then we don't. We we have that black, black um fog in our mind because we never expose the truth to how powerful we are to take action and move on mm-hmm. and believe in ourselves. The thing is, if we've been in that toxic environment growing up, we think it was and we have no escape mm-hmm. that this is normal this it, is that what, was normal yeah this is what how life is this is how you treat your partner yes. so, so um continuing on she kind of and i and I, this is the important part i really want to get to so she i asked her why and she said well because he was gonna hurt my family mm-hmm. you know he was gonna he threatened to burn down the house while they were in there like he made all these threats to her he was a gang member or had affiliates and gang wow. members and you know, was like, we'll attack your family. Um, so fast forward some years later, and you you definitely seen anger rise in her. She was always kind of angry, but mm-hmm. I mean, this was like different level. She ultimately repeated the pattern with her new partner. He oh. wasn't doing it to her. She started doing it to him. And now they had a child. That's one of the and courses. the child started to see, yeah. So it's kind of that that cycle that yeah, just goes around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even... Even hearing, she's like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And it was like, well, you, you mm-hmm. did do it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't really deny your child saying it. You can't really deny that one. I mean, yeah. well, I was doing it in self-defense. Like, oh, you were the, you were the aggressor. Yeah. So that was really hard to see. Um, whether she kind of got help or not, I'm not too sure. But I hope she did. Uh, because that's a very, you know, like experiencing that in child, well, witnessing it in childhood, experiencing it in, in your young adult life, and then going and carrying on, you know, in your little older adult life, and now you become, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a cycle. Yeah. And that's why I think having a workshop that you, like you guys are doing is important, not only to educate people, but, um, you know, to inform Mm-hmm. and to get people who have witnessed it some help mm-hmm. and so i think what you guys are doing is great yeah thank you um, i'm just happy that we're partnering with the youth advocacy foundation and tosi la diosa me the omega holistic wellness enoch llc and and also i'm just happy that we're gonna have other organization come out and also we're gonna have the cook county sheriff department they will come out too cindy gonzalez uh I, I believe she's from Guatemala family. She have amazing stories, amazing stories about human trafficking. And that's going to be your day three where three. you have these mm-hmm. organizations. Okay. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that. Cause I, you know what you said that when I went to San Jose over the break, mm-hmm. I kept seeing in the airport, in the California airport and the Las Vegas airport, mm-hmm. I saw signs like mm-hmm. in the women's bathroom. 
Like in the stall I went in, there was a sign about human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't see this when I went to Chicago's Midway. Like I didn't Girl, see it at Midway. Chicago is number one too. They in the news they don't publicize, but uh -huh. it's a lot of cases that I'm hearing from the African American side. Um they were saying that they're human trafficking um young black girls. They're taking their human parts, the heart oh and organs. Oh, it is on YouTube, but they don't publicize on the on the news because they don't want to fear the community. Mm -hmm. But this is something that I'm heard from the source, from the people like Sarah. This has been going on, and I'm like, oh my god, like is the black market here in Chicago? Um, we had to bring this awareness and see the signs mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and hear from this person, from the source that she go you know, busted people houses. She witnessed things like that. And even immigrants, bringing immigrants from Guatemala and abused them too, because, and, and meanwhile, that abuse, they getting um, documents out of this situation because a U.S. citizen abused them. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that you get, um, um, I call uh, the DV survivor immigrants, the Dawa. That well, that means you've been victim of sexual abuse, um, from a job abuse. There's a lot of things that if the employer find out that you're an immigrant and you're a doctor, he's abusing you. Like, oh, I want you to work at Saturdays. I want you to do this and that. And underpaid. And then he finds out his rights in a radio show. And they, she found her, her. And thank God he got paper out of this. But a lot of people think they don't, oh, I had to follow his lead my boss and that's an abuse too mm -hmm. so it can be your job to abusing you mentally i was abused mentally at work and as he's a doctor like he's so powerful and they didn't took me my case seriously i'm like move on i'm like really like but you need to speak up that they can break that cycle like mm -hmm. i like you know what i'm resigning it because my mental health is first because I learned it from as a child and going getting help professionally, and I reported everything. I report everything what happened in my life at work. Like, okay, you're not gonna cross a line. Um, something sexual or physical appearance. They even bully me and my physical parents because I was going through a lot spiritually. Like, um, you had to set your boundaries mm -hmm. first of all. You had to set your boundaries. Yeah. And I think boundaries is the most important thing you have to do for, you know, so people can know, hey, you can't, you can't just treat me however you want, because that, that will take a toll on your mental health. It'll take a toll. So I think boundaries, and you know what, like, I think that's one thing that, um, maybe we should do a podcast episode on boundaries. Definitely mm -hmm. get a therapist here to talk about boundaries yeah. because I think that it's really important, especially as we grow and we're learning more about mental health. Um, it's, it's important to have, and you know, cause I, I will, I'll be the first to admit a couple of years ago, I had some very weak boundaries mm -hmm. because I didn't have a voice. I felt like my voice was weak. So I couldn't set healthy boundaries with people because I, I deemed myself as being mean. And now mm. today I'm like, you know what? That doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. I, I really appreciate that. But uh, no, thank you. And, and feeling empowered in that and not feeling guilty. Yeah, we got to definitely have a yeah. thing about boundaries. But um, back to what we were talking about, Sarah. Um, If you want to talk to us a little bit about the psycho abuse, because kind of we talked touched on it a little bit. No, but, but tell us a little more. Um, sometimes we cut up with a honeymoon phase 
for example. And the first time, like, oh, everything is running smoothly. Mm-hmm. Everything is like a honeymoon and all that stuff. He give you some gift and all that stuff. Then the threats come in. The bullying, mentally, physically. Um, the mood changes. It's controlling you. Then the explosion comes. He's hitting you. Um, he GP now people are GPS with air tag and all that stuff mm-hmm. or GPS on your phone. Um, I know this person, uh, her husband is GPS on her phone, even got her messages. It went to that stream that like, okay, I even fear to text her because now he can harass me. Whoa. It was, it is tech, the technology nowadays is so it's scary that if your husband or your loved one, your partner can track your messages, can see all your messages. It's to that level. And it's very scary. And you, it's a way that, it's a trick that you can text yourself to make sure if someone is tracking you too. Um, I need to find that yeah. information. I'm definitely <laughs> going to share that on the event. Yeah. But I don't have it with me right now, but it is a technology that you can check from your phone if someone is, you know, tracking you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. We um, are going to try to get that information. And once Sarah does, or I do, we will mm-hmm. definitely share that out on Instagram or yes. Facebook. Yeah. Cause yes. that's, that's very dangerous. That scary. Ooh, very scary. Like imagine these checking on your messages and, are you talking with your friends and, you know, like, or he find out something, uh, you're talking to your friend about your past and yeah. now he having some triggers and, yeah. and do something bad to you. Yeah. You know, that's, to that level. That's very So dangerous. that's an explosion right there, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the honeymoon, tension, explosion. Then you're like, oh, we need a break. We need to be separated. I'm going to go with my mom's, blah, blah. A month later, come back again with the honeymoon. Hmm. How many honeymoon you already went through? Mm-hmm. Come. If this is going to be a re- healthy relationship or it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Just count how many honeymoon phase and how many times you have breaks. Yeah. I will say if you come to a break, definitely get some help. Mm-hmm. Like a, If you want to continue with this relationship, make sure you find some professional marital help, you know? Yeah. And I seen on your day three, you're also having metropolitan and your topic was safety planning. I I cannot tell you how important I think that is. Yeah. Because a lot of people feel like I like I just got to get out of here. I got to hurry, but I'm so scared. I'm so scared because I don't know what's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So they stay, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can have someone educate you mm-hmm. on how to safely leave, how important is that? Definitely. You know, yeah. how important is that? And Metropolitan, we've had the um them on the show, Vanessa, you know, mm-hmm. the, and I think that, you know, the programming that they offer is just absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing and much needed in the community. So, and again, having an event such as this, where you are having, you know, all of these people here mm-hmm. who are going to educate and inform the community is so yeah. It's amazing and it's important. Yeah, we're gonna have a various uh, presentation. Uh, Metropolitan Family Services on you is from the suburbs mm-hmm. because sometimes we need to provide more different uh, organization because sometimes you cannot flee in the community. You need to flee on the suburbs, mm-hmm. on the north side, yep. to the west side. That's why we want to partner with all this organization that you pick. What do you feel connected to? Mm-hmm. So we got our new Metropolitan uh, Family Services and Mujeres Latina en Acción. So um, I'm just very excited for them to come out and also the Cook County Sheriff. 
Cindy Gonzalez gonna talk about human trafficking. If you know someone or yourself, you know, like get some great guidance, you know? Yeah. Because what, um, so if I'm an attendee, just say like, I just want to know how to support somebody. Is that, would this be good for you? Yes. It's welcome to anyone. Even teens can come to this workshop because teens suffer a lot of, uh, for example, sex, sexting. Oh, a, a child, a teen just commits suicide because of sex. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something, a topic that is a good timing that you can come at 5 to 6.30 and listen to this. And this is mm-hmm. private, you know. This is something that you just want to share or your friend that you want to give some guidance and help, you know. And yeah. at least we're going to have some agency who guide you and help you out too. Yeah, yeah. And this, I if your event that you guys are doing, um, it's really important and much needed. Um, I did want to ask you, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about youth advocacy? Because as we talked before the podcast, uh, I said, Sarah, youth advocacy, are they located here in the community? You're like, yes. I'm like, you know what? We got to talk about this because if maybe, you know, I didn't know. So maybe there's other people who don't really know. So can you tell us a little bit about youth advocacy? So youth advocacy, they do, um, they already partner with me with I do the face painting for Maribel mm-hmm. um, they already did a, a lot of community events like for vaccine for the COVID-19 vaccine and also they train students like young students to do their um, how to be entrepreneur and doing some art and craft and also um, right now they're just they hire they do some grants from the city okay. so whatever grants they get they will educate and help the community teens kids like for the holidays we got a lot of gifts from that from them um and also they're gonna have another program uh from this grant is from the state is to assist the young adults between 24 to 28 placement and career readiness um they can help increase earning potential um tuition and certification classes and job training so also they help you know resumes that kind of stuff um, and also cert- to be certified nurse technician within 25 days. And you can be a phlebotomist in 18 days. So mm-hmm. it's a different certification you can choose. Um, okay, continue. So definitely um, they're providing a lot of programs um, for the youth advocacy, um, educating the community, resumes and all that stuff. And also they did a... Um, they doing like research also. I noticed I participated in one of their um, classes of research about what do you feel that our community needs. Mm-hmm. They also do workshop like, oh, we need mental health. We need a, a like a psychiatrist in our community, and we don't have anything. You know, they do some chit chat like that kind of stuff. They bring other people outside and, and do surveys that kind of stuff. So they have various programs. Okay. Yeah. And I, again, having this in our community, you know, in our community, being able to talk about mental health more, I feel like is really important. You see a lot of things happening with mental health and I feel like we're going in a, a positive and right direction yeah. for the community. Yeah. Let me to give you the address because okay. um, Youth Advocacy Foundation is located at 1259 South Avenue L, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. And their phone number is 780. 780- Seven zero eight two zero five thirteen ninety nine. 
Thank you very much for that, Sarah. And um, I want to talk a little bit about you really quick, because I've seen you've been on the move here doing a lot of things, uh, getting a lot of certificates uh, since the last time we had you here. So tell us about you, miss. (laughs) Well, I've been taking a lot of courses and Mm -hmm. just like, you know, I'm very in the spiritual side, but also because I've been a medical assistant over around nine to 10 years. And I learn a lot, a lot about health and wellness and the power of eating healthy meditation, um, expanding your mind. And also, um, you know, I do this crystal sound bath healing mm-hmm. and I did some got a certification of the sound wave therapy. Um, also neuro linguistic programming, life coach, domestic violence, and also I help the community advocacy regarding the um, diverse learning needs because I'm a parent and understand the struggles. I guide the parents, their rights and all that stuff. And like five, uh, 504 and IEP. And also now I have my certificate of hemotherapy and hypnosis and therapeutic art life coach, meditation life coach. And also I'm a psychic and medium and Reiki master. I got all those certifications. I'm also, you know, I have my bachelor in psychology. Yeah, you have been very, very busy. Very <laughs> busy. Sarah Maria, you have been so busy. But it's good. Like I said, I think it's so great to see, you know, people from the community, especially Hispanic women mm-hmm. of our community, making shifts to better and bring healing and bring awareness yeah. to the community. So I'm happy about that. And I'm yeah. happy I got to see you again. Yes. <laughs> I've been so busy. I feel like I haven't seen anybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to give some credit to the person who pushed me over the limit. Um, is it was a Mexican woman. She was the case of domestic violence. She took the she took my case seriously. She interviewed me and took my uncle in. And um seeing her being Hispanic and taking very seriously in this field, like I was like, anything is possible, you know. Um we had to be those leaders and help them and help the survivors, you know. And like that's why I I, I perfected that I took this certification, the 40 hours training and that it can help our, our community because I see a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes all you need is that one person, yeah, that one person to come along and change the trajectory of your life and the direction of your life in such a positive way, you know, cause you never forget them. No, nope. never forget She's gonna be them. part of my book in the future. <laughs> You know, you never forget people like that. And that is like one of the hopes, you know, with bringing guests on and is that you'll, you'll remember somebody from the podcast and say like, because of this podcast, I went to, I went to this event because of the event, I met this person Mm -hmm. because of this person, I did this. And it all is one big snowball. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have like something like that cycle of abuse, there Mm -hmm. are positive cycles too, Mm -hmm. you know, and talking and learning about healthy relationships. What Mm -hmm. is a healthy relationship? Cause maybe Mm -hmm. you might not even know that maybe you're the unhealthy one in the relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people don't realize, Oh, oh, you know, maybe I'm not doing the best by my partner. Am I being abusive? And it can even change, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's being abusive. It could change behaviors. It can. So I think, you know, having this workshop, kudos to you guys. Kudos to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And ready for the next level for the East Side for mm-hmm. self-healing, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of the journey. And at least we have this bilingual uh, sessions that we can expand. Like it's, is no excuse like oh we have spanish 
Yeah. We have help right here. And also we have other agency coming in the third day and give some whatever services you feel like connected to, you know, you, we have three people who are coming out. And if you experience a human trafficking, also we have that person because this is a human trafficking awareness month too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like I said, it's just great what you guys are doing. Um, and yeah, just tell us where you're going to be at one more time. So we're going to be at the library at the Vodek. Yeah. We pull out the fire. <laughs> So, so it's going to be at the Vodek Library mm -hmm. and the East Side Branch is uh, 3710 East 106th Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60655. And also we did uh, share a link that you can register. Um, you can specify what you need. We try to mo modify it for you too. And again, we're going to have a child designated area. Um, Tosi La Diosa is gonna, you know, do some art and craft with the kids. The timing will be the five six five p.m. to six thirty p.m. for the child vaccinated area. Okay. All three days. All right, all right. Well, we, I will make sure be you guys be sure to follow Mind If We Chat and Facebook and Instagram, and I will definitely share out the flyer with the link mm -hmm. to make it easy for you guys to register. So, uh, is registration required by any chance, there? So no, if they don't register online, it's okay. We have a signing sheet. Okay, okay. Good. Just want to make sure we're clear to our listeners. But mm -hmm. I hope you guys go. And again, there will be Spanish and English, which mm -hmm. is amazing for our community. So maybe if you don't want to go, share it out to. Somebody you know, you know, who may find some value in it, and you know, if I can have somebody replace me in class, then yeah. <laughs> those nights I would love to be there. But I uh, thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Thank I really you. appreciate thank it. You and, for interviewing me. Yeah, and I mean, again, anytime you got something, you yeah. know, informative for the community, come back on. You'll see Sarah here again. <laughs> thank you, everyone. All right, God guys. bless you, everyone. <laughs> that does it for another episode of Mind If We Chat. Make sure you head over to Facebook, Instagram at Mind If We Chat and catch us on all South by Southeast streaming platforms. All right, guys, I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye. I am not a mental health professional. I'm an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I'm sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911.